Good evening and welcome to another episode of Miss Soccer. I'm your host, Ellie, and I'm a true Ghanaian and a Black Star supporter. And today, we are going to talk about the Ghana Black Stars. In March earlier this year, Ghana qualified against the odds in Nigeria. We have the chance now to make history in another World Cup. We've already been to a few World Cups and I've already made history by going to the quarterfinals in 2010. Now, can our new team of Black Stars players make history in our lifetime? With me on the call is Ernest, Bright, Herman, and Matthew. We'll go through our list of issues, concerns. I'm sure we'll have a wonderful time. I'll start with you, Herman. You can introduce yourself as you answer this question. A lot of people would think the Ghana Black Stars were very fortunate. In fact, some would say they didn't deserve to qualify on their way goes through. Where do you stand on that? Hello, listeners. It's good to be back. It's a nice Saturday evening here in Accra. I watched my team win by four goals to three against Leeds United. Ellie, all I'm going to say is in football, you have to ride your luck and you have to strategize according to the rules. Before the playoffs, the Black Stars were told you can win by way goal rules. The Black Stars knew that they could not score goals. They rode their luck, made sure they didn't concede in Accra, sorry, in Kumasi, went all the way to Nigeria, scored first and considered a penalty when they realized that they can't score more than a goal. They sat back and defended their goal. I mean, the game ended 1-1. So what it meant was that they, 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 they just qualified on the away goal rule. So it's football. Nigeria knew that there was the away goal rule. They decided to concede. I think the Black Stars rode their luck. Their game plan worked perfectly for them. And anybody who would tell me that the away goal rule, does, it's not supposed to be part of football, doesn't understand African football because it matters. It is very difficult to play away in Africa. Both teams organized themselves any way they wanted. When I say any way, when Nigeria came to Accra, there were different things called ways and means that happened to them. Yes, it did not work for them here. They couldn't score. They tried this in Nigeria, but still the Black Stars were able to persevere and score a goal. So for me, they wrote their luck. They stuck to their strategy and it worked for them. They are in Qatar. Whoever doesn't understand can come and take the Black Stars out of it. Cheers. Thank you so much, Herman, for that introduction to the whole conversation. Let's continue with you, right? A lot of people will say that we fasted, we prayed, and some luck aided us in our qualification. What do we need to try and see some good luck in this World Cup for the team? Good evening, listeners. It's good to be back. Miss Oka, I miss the show and I can't wait to make my impacts felt. For the Black Stars in this World Cup, 
first of all, I want every Ghanaian to know where the blasters is as a, uh, at the moment. And we should be realistic, not raise our hopes that much. This team is more like in a building process. We just happen to be in the World Cup as part of the process. So we should just go and enjoy ourselves. We shouldn't expect any big things. If we qualify to the next stage of the competition, good. But if we don't, we shouldn't be too, too concerned. Then my second concern is about our, our dishonesty, our dishonesty towards the team. That's, that's one thing that's killing the Black Stars. For a team under... And uh, uh, for a team which is building towards the future, one thing we will not want to hamper the team is dishonesty. The the players who deserve to be in the team, players on form, and who deliver regularly in the blasters set, should always be given the nod and then inspired to play for the for for for, for the team. So that that's it. That's it for me from the technical point of view too. I've heard uh, Coach Otoado is planning to say goodbye after the World Cup. His heart is not in the job like that because for a coach who is 48 years and leading your country to a World Cup, that should be enough motivation for you to uh, just end that Borussia Dortmund contract. But you still hold on to it and uh, less than 10 days to the Mundial, you are still a, you are still opposed. I don't know what was wrong with uh, the manager. I, I mean, the interim manager with the Blasters. So that's maybe he wanted a permanent job and he wasn't given. So he also don't think we will give him that trust going in the future. So that's it. That's my only concern. So right. we shouldn't raise going into the tournament. Thank you very much, Bright, for that insight on the Ghanaian team. All right, let's go to you, Matthew. Currently in the qualifiers, or as it stands, which Ghanaian player would we need to really take us through? It could be someone who helped us in the qualification or a new player who has been onboarded since then. Okay, so um, first and foremost, I would like to say a good evening to all our listeners and uh, thank them for their time and listening to us. Um, firstly, my issues will just be broken down into like three phases with Ghana. Um, I think player selection is going to be an issue because it looks like there's this talk and cheese of players who have agency with the Ghana Football Association. And because of that, regardless of their form, they'll be brought into the team. So... Me personally, I think yes, form, like, it's just yes, it's just rumors. It might be true or might not be true. Yes, so, but Ellie, I, I there, want there. to put Matthew on the spot myself. Okay, if Matthew, you feel somebody is being called through an agency, it's fair to mention the person and tell us who you think can replace him. It's simple as that. Because for me, these same players you are calling agency, they qualify the team. So, why are you people saying what you are saying? Give facts, give their replacement. Then you know who you're talking no, about. Not all of I, them. I, I, I think, I think, I think you guys should let me land. Then maybe if you have interjections, then you, you interject. Because you, you break up my, my thought pattern. So 
sure, but, sure. You so I, I, I agree. I mean, the, I, I think Bright knows some of them. But for me, my issue has to do with the selection of people who are not fit to start for the Black Stars up until now. So many countries have listed their 26 manuscripts so that the media team will be able to engage them, ask them questions as to why you have selected this player, why you have selected that player, what makes this player a better fit than this player up until now. We don't have that list. Your coach is one, a part-time coach. Your assistant coach has signed on to this punditry with one of these sports agencies during the World Cup, which he says he would not, but it looks like he will. There are so many things that are divided around the Black Stars and for me, it doesn't speak well. It doesn't speak well for a team that is prepared because so many other countries have released their squad, they are critiquing. We don't even know our 26 months class so that we can critique as a quick question. Why is this player here? Why is this player here? Everything is really pushed to another day so that at the at long and short, we'll not be able to critique and question why this player is here, this player is not here. My main issue, again, with the play body itself is the attitude of goal scoring. I don't think in our last three or four matches, if you do a table of goals for and goals against, you realize that Ghana, we have conceded seven goals, we have scored only two. Meaning that if we want to do something at this World Cup, we should be looking for people who would create chances. We should be looking for people who can best through midfield. We can should be looking for people who create push through Mentioned your needs, Matthew. You are talking to the yeah. this for me. Uh, Emma, let let Matthew land before Ellie, we, yeah, don't worry we, if you want to Ellie, it's something. a podcast it's a conversation to be had i feel like we are you feel like you want me yeah, to mention all of us are just giving that i mean matthew you are talking right but this same delay of announcement of squad we did it against nigeria in kumasi and it worked for us we were able to how? play zero zero so we are sticking how with it, our how? tactics to Hem- listen Hem- we'll Hem- go we'll, fair enough we'll lose all our group stages games but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that we should answer as we should announce our squad early. Whether we announce early or late, nobody can change anything about the squad. You will talk, they will block their ears and go and play a kata. For me, yes, let's just so be objective see. about it. So we can't keep doing the same and expect a different result. But then no, we should... which, Matthew, the result is that they did the same thing, they qualified to kata. People did differently, they did not qualify. For you, as, for you sitting here, what, what, what is your yardstick to judge the team? Your yardstick is that the team should have qualified for the World Cup. Your yardstick is that the team should get to the semi-final. If they go and they don't get to the semi-final, then you can blame them. But right now, the yardstick you give them is to qualify to the World Cup. They made you see, it there. You, see, you don't... You, you, when, when it is about to rain, the clouds form, doesn't it? If you see incidents of fire happening. There would have been smoke somewhere. You don't mm-hmm. expect to see a pattern of repetitive events which shows negligence, which shows people mm-hmm. are not doing their job, which shows people don't feel accountable to the, to, to the people who are supposed to know. If you see all these events building up, you see people being like personalized in the football association. You see some form of I don't careism. When you see all these things happening, then you are, you are tempted to ask, okay, so are we really looking forward to perform at this World Cup? If we are not, then fine. But if we are, then we have to put the question because your full-time coach or part-time coach should at least be in around serving and doing some rehabbing media engagements. There should be some form of work around someone who you have employed to work. Right? We yeah, are not that's serving. what your technical director is doing. 
Chris Hilton is doing that. Chris so you understand, Hilton. it's not just the coach selecting it. And when the GFA always comes out and tells you that the whole team, the whole technical team sits down to select and they select according, not just in, one person. Including we've, the GFA we've, president. We've had, the, we've had the GFA president mm-hmm. on record say that the blaster mm-hmm. selection is not solely on the, the tournament. And that mm. he, as a president, also have a say. So you can't Of course, uh, Brad, what you think in the England FA or something, it's just the coaches or the technical team that does the selection. No, so you, Herman, just a second. You think Prince Charles has a hand in selecting who plays for England? It's not Prince Charles. We are talking about the England FA here. I'm not yes, saying... The, the head, your the president... The FA, are you telling me your president has a hand in the selection? Your no, president the head has, of the FA... You so see, you see Spanish, for me, you are telling Ellie, me the Spanish Ellie, FA, this conversation here. You are, you are telling right? me the Spanish FA, Let's come, let's come back to the Ghana national team. We are talking about... Good. For me, this conversation here, me right here, me, my problem with the team is that fair enough, you know, you call somebody like a Wakasu who has not had a good game in three years or so ahead of somebody like this. I think that at this point, we should remind our listeners that after the time we are recording this show, the Ghana... 26-man squad has not yet been released. Has not yet, but we are in the country. Things are flying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so fair enough. You will not call somebody like a schlop. You you decide to go ahead and drop a schlop, drop a Joseph Pencil because of personal vendettas. I understand that you can do some things, but dropping these guys... It's at, I mean, it's going to affect the team. These are some of the things I expect my colleagues to raise. Not issues about uh, whether a GFA president, whether a, a part-time coach, whether... It doesn't Herman, matter. Herman, Herman, let it, me just... It doesn't add. matter. You, see, you are fully uh, looking at one aspect of the problem. You see, the whole blast itself. itself. It's a canker. It's a, it's, you see, you are just looking at one percent. Just looking at one side. Oh, one or two players in the play. But, the but you see, is that it is, you, see, you, you can address, you can right. address the issue. Let's go away from the rumors. Uh, Matthew, let's go away from the rumors that we are hearing around to what we actually know to be fact. In this Black Stars team we have, who are the two or three players to watch? Yeah, for me, number one on the list will be more Kudus. Mohamed Kudus has shown uh, a good start to the season. He's been scoring goals and writing assists, good numbers for his side Ajax, both in the Champions League and the league. Even though he's not been played uh, in his favorable position, we all know how he joined Ajax and then uh, got hampered by his, uh, the injuries. But this season has come good to start. He had a good preseason, and he started the season well. I, I only hope he, he transfers that to the Black Stars in, in the World Cup. The second player for me should be uh, Thomas Partey. We've all seen him uh, with us now. He's, he's unplayable, they're midfield. But my only worry with Thomas Partey is maybe the coach will play him out of positions. He should be that ball winner. He should play the, the defensive midfield role at the at the World Cup, just like his Ateta uses him for us now. They shouldn't force anyone else to to try and sit for him to go further up the pitch. He should be sitting because we need that person to 
to control the game. That that midfielder who who can beat the press with ease. We don't have such a person in the team. So I think the coach should try and use Thomas Pate as a defensive midfield player and get someone who will be doing maybe a trail or something else will be doing the attacking runs for the team. The third player for me will be Mohamed Salisu. It's, it's taking a long time for him to make his uh, Black Stars debut, but we've all seen the qualities is, 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 the guy possesses. His ball playing type and good and reading of the game. For me, I think his only weakness is his speed. He lacks a little bit of pace, but with the likes of uh, his, uh, with, with the, his defensive partnership, I don't know whether we'll be going with the three-back or the normal four-back system. If it's the three-back, then I think Jiku and Amate should be able to cover for him. So for me, more kudos, Thomas Pate and uh, Salisu Mohamed. Thank you so much, Bright. I want to push this question to Herman. I believe one of the weaknesses of the Ghana team is our maybe mental fortitude or durability. In the AFCON, Andrew, I use petulant behavior, especially when we had a draw of Gabon. You can also remember when um, we had a player sent off at the end of one of the matches uh, with a fight, I think Bernard Tete. In the past as well, African teams have failed the hurdle because of um, conduct issues. Um, I remember Cameroon in 1990, they also considered two penalties against England. What do you feel about this weakness I'm bringing to the fore? Or is it even a weakness at all? hasn't been eradicated. Well, Ellie. Uh, it's good you've pointed out that, but if you check, all these things happen when it doesn't happen at the crunch time. It happens when maybe Ghana is already out of the tournament and we are trying to just, I mean, one will say just do some gimmicks just to stay in it. I don't think the players don't really, or the players don't know what is at stake. If push comes to shove, the Ghanaian players are very strong mentally and they are very disciplined enough to stay in the game. These sort of uh, yellow cards and the red cards or the disciplinary issues happen when we are out of the tournament. Or, I mean, over time, I can tell you that the squad we are assembling now, bar any changes from what I've heard, I mean, if we can get a few one or two in, it makes our squad good. But whatever it is, the base still remains the same. I think this squad can perform well. I don't think they'll win any of their matches, but I think they'll show they'll, they'll, they'll do something in terms of maybe their best is a draw. If that same squad, I think they'll maintain the same disciplinary thing in terms of their mental strength, they'll be up there if they are all made to play the same way they play at their clubs. I think that's the difference that you have to note. They shouldn't force a Baba Idrisu to receive the ball in the center of the midfield. They should rather force him to receive the ball while he's on the wings or in the midfield, right? But towards the wingers because that way he can at least turn and pass the ball. He's not that press resistant. So when he receives it centrally, it will affect you. These are the things that we should look out for. These are the, when you say your mental strength aspect of it, these are the parts. The difference between our coaches and their club team coaches is that 
they are able to detect these trends and play accordingly. Our people don't see that and want them to play some way. And we see them now frustrated and doing unnecessary things. So if the all things being equal, the base remains the same. I don't think we'll see any disciplinary issues. Right. If it will be disciplinary, it will just be the same thing we've been facing where there is a revolt. I hope this time there is not. All right. So then I'll take the, you. You alluded to then my next question, actually, which I'm now pushing to Matthew. Matthew, in the past, Otoado has really toyed between a three-five-two, a four-two-three-one, a four-one-three-two. What is Ghana's best formation per your perspective with the, our current um, selection pool? Kelly, as you and I sit here. This is the kind of question we should be asking the blasters coach to Ado, but he's not here. He's not even in the country. We should be asking him this question. And I think for the first time, I agree with Herman when he says we are not going to win any match at the World Cup. And truth be told, I agree with him. I don't think we'll win. But I also disagree with him when he says mental strength. There's no mental strength in this. These lads, the only strength we have is financial. MTN has sponsored the Black Stars with $2 million. And I think they are going to spend that money heavily at the World Cup. So far, all the formation. Things we have used under Otuado. I think our best has been a win against Nicaragua and a draw. We have been we've lost to Japan by four goals. We have lost to Brazil by three. I mean, it doesn't look good. That is why we need the coach to come and start talking through why he's selecting some of the players. In any case, I also believe that there are some key players that, at least if we are going to go out, we should go out fighting. One of them is Thomas Party. I watched. I have watched Thomas Party throughout this. Um, season and the guy has been phenomenal. I won't lie. He's been very good at receiving ball. He's been very good at um, passing. He's been very good at controlling the midfield. I mean, he made Jorginho walk up and down, sit down. I mean, he he he, he had his own way against some tough midfielders in the Premier League. And it shows that the guy has class. The only thing is when it comes to the Black Stars, he should not be giving that offensive though. He should be sit, sitting as he does for Arsenal. Nothing should change any way, any form. It would have been nice to have someone like Shop who plays precisely like Gramijaka to partner party so that they move side by side. But unfortunately, we hear the news that he's been left out. Those are some of the rumors we hear, and we know it's true, but the rest will come out and we'll find out and we'll ask our questions. The second player I think we need offensively would be Mohamed Kuz. I think he's like the sixth leading goal scorer in the Champions League as we stand. He scored about four goals, and it is because he's not played in the position he wants to play. He's left up front and he stood there, be creating and scoring. That's it. And he does that so well when he's playing. He doesn't have to come to whenever he plays what he wants to play. He comes to the midfield. He delays the progression of our balls. He delays the movement of our passes. He everything about Kudus when he's playing in the place he wants to play. He does showboating, holding the ball, a pass. He wants to dribble. He wants to play the ball through someone's legs. No, we don't want, we want efficiency in our black side because trust me, when we go to the World Cup, we are not going to be playing possession football. We are going to be under pressure. So the least chance we get, we should be hitting people on the counter. Which brings me to the next player I think is going to be very important, which is Mackie Williams. He has the pace for us to utilize when you want to play on a break. So if we want to really do something, we should be telling the likes of Pate, the likes of Kudus to be looking out for him because he will be very efficient in running behind the defense. He does that, he does that so well. He, he runs down the flanks, he runs down the middle, and he can also run down the left side. So I think for Iñaki in the team will be very important. But as 
And now, I don't know the formation that was shoot the blaster because the coach has twisted, turned, pressed, shifted through 352, through a 4-4-2, 4-3-3. They have all no work, at least from what I said. We haven't won convincingly to convince me that this is the formation that will go out. Even though we seem to have some form of improvement or good possession when we play 352, but I'm still yet to be convinced as to what the coach of Ghana wants to play. Let me bring Ernest into this conversation. Ernest, um, same question to you. Which three players are key for the Ghana team? Don't mention Pate. A lot of the whole world knows Thomas Pate of Arsenal. Okay. Yeah, so I, I actually think Inyaki Williams is going to be the most important player for us this time. Because, uh, first of all, he's having a really good season for Athletic Club. And secondly, he's one of the fastest players in the world. When you are a team that uh, likes to play on the counter-attack, he's the perfect striker. The important thing would be to play a second striker behind him. To... Uh, because one one thing he does a lot also is in terms of his conversion rates, it's not the highest. So sometimes the keepers are going to uh, save balls, uh, kind of like push balls back, and having a second striker can be really useful in getting goals off him. And then uh, second uh, second player would be Mohamed Kudus, like. As mentioned before, he's also having a really good season. And in terms of a source of goals, Inyaki Williams aside, he's going to be our second most important goal threat. So, because in terms of defending, our team is built to defend. But when it comes to scoring goals, that's that's where we are having problems. And I think yeah, these two are going to be very important in getting us goals. Then uh, a third player for it, it's hard it's hard to mention Pate, but uh, yeah, generally in terms of like somebody who's going to differentiate themselves from the rest, uh, maybe Mohamed Salusu because he's he's the one player I feel is ready to take a step to maybe a bigger club than Southampton now, although yeah, Southampton hasn't had the best of seasons, but yeah. In terms of individual quality, I feel he'll be really good in our defense. The way he was struggling for a third name also make, makes it sort of feel like the Ghana team is not as strong as it is. But I don't think we are doing that badly. After all, we did qualify against a very strong Nigeria team. Isn't that the case, Ernest? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I actually agree with that. The, the thing is, when you look at the group here, we are in a group with Portugal, Uruguay, and South Korea. And honestly, like, I would even trade Inyaki Williams and uh, maybe Pati, okay, not Pati, but maybe Inyaki Williams are one of our other players for uh, him and son from South Korea. Uh-huh. It, we are, the competition we are against is just, yeah, that good that it's, it's hard to like think of somebody who's going to make a difference against them. I mean, who plays at the level those teams play at? Still on the player conversation, let's take this to Bright. It, since the time we've qualified, we've had host of foreign-born players or perhaps Ghana-born 
born players who haven't really played for the Black Stars now representing us and making the team much stronger. For example, we have um, Sunny Phil, we've had Inaki Williams, we have Tariq Lamptey, we have, um, I think, Anthony Semenyo, and I believe one or two others. Won't all of this just make the Black Stars team stronger than we think they actually are? Yeah, definitely. It's quite that in, in football is it's a good thing and competition is always good, not just for football. So those players will only make their Black Stars stronger. But for me, I think if we were to do our football well, go about our football well, we shouldn't be going around the world begging these players. We literally beg them to come and play for us. But that's a conversation for another day. So yeah, definitely these guys will strengthen the team going forward. But like I said, I'm not expecting that much from the Black Stars in this tournament. It's a building process. We are, we are it's a young team and we, we should just go there and have fun. All right, let me pass the same question on to Herman. What do you think of our new players? Because I think in the past two years, we've had a whole post, almost a new team from Wallacott to so many others who have just made the team stronger. And a lot of them ply their trade outside. I, I, I'll find it very hard to believe if we have even four local based players going to the World Cup. Well, Ali, so when it comes to us selecting players who were not born in the country or who grew up in the country, that goes to tell you the quality of the talent we are churning out in the local league. I've wa- I watch the local league myself. I go to the centers. And honestly, everything is below par. When I say everything, coaching, uh, quality of the game, even the players ability to make use of spaces, right, is questionable. So I don't really see the need or, I mean, we always saying we should take local players along. That shouldn't be the mark. The mark isn't to take local players along. The mark is to take who is good. The guys who were born in, say, Germany, Europe, and the others, are they better than the local players? Yes. Can they play better than the local players? Yes. Would they make a better impact than a lo- local place? Yes. Listen, if you even these local players, you take them along, some of them don't even know how to run around the cones. The, the training, the, the, the training routines they are asked to do, they can't do it because they're always doing beach physical work. The honest truth of the matter is that we have to be serious with our game. It starts with the leadership. And it starts with us, the fans too. Most of the fans are result-oriented. We are not looking to build a team. That's why we are all here shouting for Aninaki Williams because we've qualified for the World Cup and we need a stopgap so that we don't go and disgrace ourselves. We are shouting for a Mohamed Salisu because we saw he's doing well in the English Premier League and we need someone to come and solidify our defence. But we are not looking at, oh, okay, let's invest in the local football, the court's football so that we start churning out good. We are not looking at our... How, when was the last time our under-23 qualified to the Olympics? When was the last time your under-17 did well? 
they do well in Africa, they can't go to the worst day. You're under 20, obviously, is the first only African team to win the World Cup. But these are the issues you have to look at. If you are saying the guys born in Europe, yes, they had a better football education. So when they come, they can help you. But the honest truth is always there is that, you know, uh, thing that catches up with us. We have no, our basics are not correct. So even though you keep bringing talents who have had good football education, there is still the problem that will catch up with you years later. So it's a whole holistic overview that we have to look at. Leadership, putting building blocks in place, and stopping this stopgap thing. But the stopgap will always come because we, the fans, are result-oriented. And if Black Stars wins, we are quiet. All right, thank you so much. And then push this next question to Matthew. A cry from the Ghana um, fans has been the fact that we don't have any potent goal threats. We lack the goals, hence we were kicked out of the AFCON. Fortunately, we've brought in persons like Afenejan, Inaki Williams, obviously. We also have Andrea Yu who can play in that position, so can his brother. And we've also brought on board Anthony Semenyo. Do you believe we've sorted out the goal threat? And what do you feel we need to do in order to be scoring goals and lots of them at the World Cup? Okay, so Ellie, um, first to, to the question, we have not sorted out anything at all. Um, if you look at Afinajan, Afinajan, throughout his whole career, I don't think he has scored more than five goals, if I'm not mistaken. He was not getting enough playing time at AS Roma, so he shipped himself to Comenente. And over there, he was not he was not starting like the first two matches. When he it was just one of the matches that he came on as a sub and he scored. So clearly, if you are putting your eyes on Afinajan to save you during the World Cup, that's a no-no area. The day you, I won't say much on him because um, the guy has spirit. He can turn up on any day and surprise any of us. So, the day are you, yes, you could, you can put your hopes on him here and there. But on other days, he can disappoint you like the way he disappointed Joseph Pinto when we were clear on a goal. The guy was open up, just passed to him so we score. He didn't do that. So, that's how disappointing the day you can be on a very bad day. Uh, if you look at Antoine Semenyo, I watched Bristol City's match today. No, it was yesterday, rather. Yes, they were. He didn't play. He was on the bench throughout. He didn't make it into the starting lineup. So I was wondering. So, so this guy doesn't even start for his club, and he's going to start for the Black Stars. Can we keep an eye on him? What's he going to do? And all the times he starts for his club, so he's playing down the right wing where Kamal Dean plays, where Jordan plays, where so many people have put themselves up to play for the Black Stars. So I'm wondering if he's going to play there or he wants to play as a lone striker up front because up front he has not proven to have the metal to be able to push that through. Inaki Williams, yes. I think he's currently right now, he's our, one of our shining stars. I think he can do a lot for the Black Stars if we would look up to feeding him and giving him the chance, creating the chance for him. Because if we look at our last match, I think that uh, against Nicaragua and um, against uh, Brazil, the guy was making fantastic runs. He made, I, I can count at least seven runs that if, if Pate had been in that match and raised his head and given that pass, he would have been clear on goal and at least would leave the, himself to the keeper to at least give us a shot on target. So on that front, I think 
up front in Niaki Williams is our only is our only hope currently. And if we are looking at creating more chances, unfortunately, our injury list keeps on growing because we have Kamaudin who is injured. We have Daniel Kofitre, a very good creator who is also injured, and some others who could also create but are not in the team. Like, for example, Joseph Pins, who has scored eight goals and plus some assists. I think his goal contribution this season has been like 13 goals and assists. He's the, I think he's one of the highest in the team, but he's not going. So then you, if you shoot yourself by not adding some of these creative legs, then you are worrying yourself. You, what you are saying is you are going to leave your creating options to the likes of Mubarak Wakaso and some others to be able to do it. Mubarak Wakaso, when he gets the ball, 10 left, big route one football. So uh, it, it, it worries me when I sit back and analyze the squad we have. It doesn't look good in terms of Transcription because even when all these people have been available, it's very difficult for them to create a chance. I did I did mention earlier that in our last four matches we have scored two, considered seven. It tells a story. The numbers don't lie. We are the least ranked team going to the World Cup at sixty-one. The numbers don't lie. It it something has to give. If nothing gives, then we'll go and do the same thing and expect a different result. And unfortunately, it won't happen because other teams are very well prepared. So early for me, the transcription is it looks bad. Matthew, is that Wakasu that's what? Beam. Beam nation. You say beam. If you had an Asamwajan, the beam will work. Now, I would actually like to see the teams Ghana would be competing against. That is Uruguay, Portugal, and South Korea. Let's see if these teams are truly better than Ghana or is the reverse. Let me start with you, Ernest, on the Portugal team. Yeah, so, Tell so us uh, how but, you see the Portuguese team against Ghana and how that match would be potentially. Okay. Yeah, so so Portugal is uh, uh, the best team, in my opinion, in our group, and they have depth in every single position. The the thing that could maybe work for us might be if they decide to start Ronaldo, but he's not been having. I mean, he's, he's generally not scoring at the rate you'd expect from him. And I actually think if they play someone like Andre Silva instead of him, they'd be more dangerous. But then literally everywhere you look, they have really good players like Bruno Fernandes and uh, Bernardo Silva in midfield. I, I honestly don't know what you are going to do against a midfield like that. Wow. Well, yeah. We in, in defense to Jao Cancelo, Vindias, like Nuno Mendes, everywhere, everywhere you look. Literally, you can pick every single position. Apart from defensive midfield, I would say Pate is better than both Ruby Neves and Danilo Pereira. Yeah, there isn't any other position where you can literally point and say we have a better starter there than they do. So honestly, I don't see how we beat them. But yeah, things can happen if you def- you defend well and you take your opportunities when you get them. So you you know we I, I hope still we have be. a spot better with Portugal from the last time we played them. We didn't beat them, neither, and they they didn't beat us. Don't you think that is in our favor, and we might want to finish the deal by beating them in this World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually feel we we can go by like 
quality quality decides matches. Usually, the team with the better squad wins, and even if we are going just based off of form, so many players are coming into those tournaments like on red hot form. Rafael Liao is also one one other player that we need to look out for. It's literally you look everywhere, and I I just don't see how we beat them because in terms of pure quality, they are better than we are. And we've further along in terms of their evolution. In that match, Ghana against Portugal, what would the scoreline be? Um, Ennis. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not putting you on the spot. <laughs> but what would that yeah. Okay, given given the way we defend, I'd still say uh, four one. Four one. Four one. I hope it is not against yeah. Ghana because I'm a strong black person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's against Ghana. It's against Ghana. <laughs> you are breaking my heart. I, I, at this point, the song "Don't Break" and "Break My Heart" is coming to mind. And I'm looking <laughs> to Herman to unbreak my heart with an analysis of Herman. Which team would you like to analyze, Uruguay or South Korea? I'll take Uruguay. All right, great. How do you right. feel Ghana is going to prepare against Uruguay? Uh, I feel the Uruguay team has a perfect blend of youth and experience. They still have Cavani in there. They have a Suarez in there. They have Muselera in there. They have a Diego Godin in there. And they are blending this with none other than arguably the top or the most informed midfielder in the Premier League, Rodrigo Bentanco go to Spain, they have a Frederico Valverde in there. And look at this and your black stars who are all over the place. What's going to be I told you. Eh? I'm going to also break your heart. Their captain is a 36-year-old Diego Gordon. Yes. If I can be able to speed past him. How would you get a ball to Inaki Williams to speed passing when you have hard running midfielders like a Rodrigo Bentaku and uh, Frederico Valverde in the midfield running hard? Me, I thought the the thesis you were coming to mention, you were coming to talk about the total absolute gunman for them, which is Luis Suarez. He's playing against you and you are not scared of him. Wouldn't that be I mean, more any, of the reason Ghana would want? to beat Uruguay because of the fact that they denied us the semi-final berth. It's a revenge match. I know this might, I, I know this might be out of place. Ours was even a semi-final. We asked Liverpool, who were denied the Champions League final, went again, they were slapped. Football doesn't work that way. Football is not about revenge. Football is about your current squad, what they can do against the current team. Uh, current team. And for me, I think the Uruguayans are really prepared and they have a well a well balanced team. I'm even now thinking, I mean, I think they'll go far in the tournament. I don't think Ghana stands a chance against them. Not that I'm writing Ghana off. I mean, I know Ghana will line up with a defensive formation, try and make a goal there, or I mean and try and defend. I don't think we stand a chance against the Uruguayans because they have goal scoring made for this. And Ghana, as I know. I know we don't defend well. Our goalkeeping area is a suspect. 
Our defense is formidable. Our midfield, obviously, we have an experienced midfield. We don't have good strikers. So the team is unbalanced against a balanced Uruguay team. The Diego Gordon guy you're talking about, you see, when it comes to defending, pace matters. But you go to Portugal, the Portuguese, and they still have PP in there. It's not about the pace. Sometimes this is national team football. National team football is knockout football. So you need experience and you need a good or a long shooter, a long, a long, uh, a, a midfielder who can shoot from, I mean, deep areas. And I think we've all seen what Frederico Valverde is doing at Real Madrid. Though I know the only thing working for Ghana now is that normally the players who are informed towards the World Cup don't perform during the World Cup. That I can give to Ghana. So at least maybe they'll come to the fore. But, you know, honestly, like honestly, I don't think Ghana stands a chance against Uruguay. Um, what would be the final? I know I'm putting you on the spot again, but what would be the final scoreline Ghana against Uruguay? 3-0. 3-0. 3-0 in favor of you. Uh, I thought you were going to give me a surprise by saying 3-0 for Ghana, but I think you are following the rules. Uh, you guys, you know it's a surprise. <laughs> Thank God I know you, you know it's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go to Bright before coming to Matthew. But Bright, first of all, that leaves you uh, talking about South Korea. We already know that their star player might um song you mean might not be available um i think i can check just to confirm mm-hmm. but they still have a lot of good players i mean they have the wolves player it's available he's a player oh, okay all right that's the yeah that's... he had he had this he had the surgery successful surgery i think somewhere last week he's season all right so they still have players i think kim min jay from napoli Hang in shan from wolves and ling kang in from Maroka. Um, forgive me my South Korean listeners, but uh, I'm, I'm doing my best with the names and the pronunciations here. Back to you, Bright. How is Ghana going to fare against South Korea in that match? For me, it's not about song, but a whole performance against the South Korea team. Uh, we've been suspect against these Asian countries and I don't think it will be different this time around. Maybe you, the embarrassment will just be more. For me, I don't expect anything positive in that game. I expect us to, to lose. Maybe that will be the only game we will get to score a, a goal. But um, at the end of the day, I'm expecting South Korea to walk away with the three maximum points. That does that's, that's it. Because, like I said, we just need to go there and enjoy ourselves. We are not up for it. We are not prepared for the tournament mentally, tactically, and a whole lot. So for me, I'm not expecting anything much. South Korea will just come and then feast on the day. And that looks like a very gloomy prediction. What is your scoreline at the end of it all? It should be at least three goes to one. Three goes to one, and I'm guessing it's going to be against Ghana. But, you know, I was looking at the past matches Ghana has played against South Korea, and um, I see a few draws in there. We've not been beaten heavily by the team, as, as far as I can see. Don't you think that should be rather in our favour? 
Uh, um, I made mention of the fact that uh, it's for is the Asian country. I wasn't specific uh, as to whether South Korea or not. And even the uh, your first mention uh, to Portugal, we drawing Portugal in the 2014 World Cup. We lost to Portugal actually with a John Boy on goal and it's the 80th minute Ronaldo strike for we lost two goals to one in that game. So we've never drawn Portugal in any World Cup game. We had only one point in that 2014 group, a 2-2 uh, draw against Germany. So for me, I think South Korea in this group, yes, it will be one of those things. They'll, they'll win. They'll win. That, that, that's the second game. That's the second game, I think. We'll lose the first game, hopefully, maybe. We'll lose the first game by a close margin because the Portuguese coach is, is not that good, even though he has all the materials. He's not that he's too pragmatic. So we might lose by a goal, a goal or two margin and try to come all out against the Koreans and still be embarrassed. Yes. All right. Here's some interesting stats for you, Otrais. Ghana has played um, South Korea nine times. Of those nine times, Ghana has won four. And in the last four matches, Ghana has actually won three of them against South Korea. They've all been international friendly matches. 2006, Ghana beat South Korea 3-1. 2006 again, we beat them. Um, even in South Korea, 3-1 again. They played against Ghana. That was in 2011, they beat us 2-1. And then Ghana beat South Korea again, 4-0 in 2014. Sure, these stats can't be lying when you, when you look at the numbers. About 2016, uh, 2006 black stars cannot be uh, measured. Uh, All right, how about 2014? How about 2014 black stars? Which beat South Korea 4-0? black stars was far better. For that, that black stars, in terms of quality-wise, they were up there. It, the, the problem was just about the money issues and co. We all know in 2014, it wasn't just based on performance that we were eliminated, but other factors came to, to, to also, also contributed to the fact that we couldn't make an impact in the tournament. But if you look at this team, we are lacking quality. We are lacking quality so much, both on the pitch and in, te in technical wise, our coach, our coaches are not, you know, in, in, in competitions like this, you might not have the right players or have the material to be able to match the opponent, but your coach can bring up a tactics that will, will help the team and then win or get some points at the end of the day. That also is going against us. So right. I don't see any coming out of it. All right. Thank you so much. Let's take this question to Matthew. Matthew, at this point, I want you to wear your positivity hat. Take off the negative and the answer I want you to give should be fully positive. Otherwise, I just have to cut you off. <laughs> oh, Ghana has heavy. three teams we are playing against. I, I, so this is the question then. Ghana has three teams we're playing against. What has to happen for us to qualify out of this group? 
if it's something you mean recurring injury that has to come back, God forbid. Is it the um, non-goal scoring of Cristiano Ronaldo that has to happen? Is it your prophet or pastor who has to pray for the team? What circumstances have to happen for Ghana to qualify out of this stage, out of this group? <laughs> and I want only positive answers, and that's my only failure. <laughs> Ellie, okay, so um, listeners, I want you to follow in my thoughts, my thought party, right? EA Sports did an analysis, right? A simulation of the World Cup, considering the performances, goals scored, everything, and of this current World Cup, this Qatar 2022. Unfortunately, Ghana didn't qualify in that simulation. The teams that qualified out of our group were uh, Uruguay and then Portugal. That's just by the way. So in the first place, artificial intelligence did not put us to qualify out of our group. The second case, I have a big beef with the administrators of Ghana football. And this is my reason. The group G and group H, whoever qualifies out of the group would meet each other. Ellie, do you know that if Ghana should make it out of our group, we are either going to meet Brazil or Switzerland. And we are playing those two countries in the front. And Brazil, the way they have beaten us, played us and beaten us, if you qualify out of the group and we meet them, they'll beat us again. They'll play us and beat us very well. And Switzerland, we are about to play them next week, Thursday. The same thing, if they score us, they'll have so much confidence when they qualify, they'll oh, Ghana, they don't worry, we have them in our pocket. I have a big issue with that. It's a clear administrative error. Why should you play friendly against teams that if you progress immediately, they are, they are the teams you are likely to meet. It doesn't augur well for the team. It doesn't help the team in any way. In any case, I, I look at the structure of the teams in Group H, the last group, and I think Ghana, will, we are there to prove a point. Yes, I think we'll be there to prove a point and we'll get one point from our match with Uruguay. I think that one we can try. We can just get one point. The remaining two matches, unfortunately, I don't see us doing much. Unfortunately, I think the point they will prove, will prove our match against Uruguay, and we'll get one. But unfortunately, I don't see us doing anything extraordinary against the remaining two teams. We can try. We can do, but maybe it will not be as high as the four ones and the three zeros we have had. Maybe a two one. Or a one zero, a narrow defeat here and there. Uh -huh. It won't be as much as um, the other panelists are predicting, but maybe a one zero defeat, a two one, a respectable two one. Uh -huh. Yes, you can't predict a two one or a one zero kind of defeat. We'll be able to manage all, all the, at least we'll be, we'll be okay. We'll lose nicely and then we'll draw against you back. I think that's what happened. Wow. If that's your, Positivity. I don't want to know how your negativity sounds like. <laughs> All right. I, I believe we're sort of rounding up on this show and, and on this preview on the Ghana team. But I would like to let us all have an opportunity to give our final comments on Ghana going into the World Cup. Obviously, listeners will be around to give you our daily commentary as the World Cup progresses. But let me start first with you, Bright. Give your roundup summary and commentary on Ghana in the World Cup. Yeah, for me, I think it's good to be uh, at the World Cup. It's if even if you don't do well, 
it's a it's a good experience for the players and for the squad we are taking to the World Cup. Even though it's not out, we know the core of the team. At least I know Mohamed Kudus will be playing in the World Cup. I know Thomas Partey will be going to the World Cup and a few other players. And most of these guys are playing the World Cup for the first time. Even a, 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 an experienced player like Daniel Amati is, is playing in his first World Cup. So it's good to have that experience and it will only go a long way to help the team. Like I said, we are still in the building process and it will, it will, it will help us go into our next tournament, which is the AFCON. At least the boys will be able to get some experience from this main tournament. So I don't expect anything big if we are able to qualify from the group. It will be a surprise to me. I don't expect anything big. So yeah, they should go out there and enjoy themselves. Bright says, go out there, enjoy yourselves, and we'll look forward to the next World Cup. Uh, not World Cup, but the next Afghan tournament in Ivory Coast, where we are actually planning to win it. Herman, what are your last thoughts on Ghana going into the World Cup? My last thoughts are that um, I look forward to watching Ghana. I look forward to see how we'll blend our team. I look forward to seeing we using the World Cup as preparation towards our next Afghan and getting a formidable team. Expectation is not high. Most of, uh, or maybe because the World Cup has not started, a lot of we, the citizens, are quiet. But you know that anytime Black Stars plays, everything stops. So I look forward to that. I look forward to the, I mean, the city being nice. Hopefully they win because when they win, it's Christmas in Ghana. And it's already that time of the year where it's getting close to Christmas. So I hope they set the tone for the real Christmas. So for me, no expectations on them. I mean, I'm expecting them to lose if they win. Hooray. Go Black Stars and all the best. Cheers. Thank you so much, Simon. Let me move it to you, Ernest. What is your summary the team going into, into the World Cup. Yeah, so for me, uh, the thing I'd be looking for most is prog- uh, indications of progress. So I, I'm hoping to see that certain issues we had with maybe how our team plays, especially in terms of goal scoring, because when you have a striker like Inyaki Williams, he's a kind of striker who can score against any team. And also, like, basically, no matter how big the team is, he can score against them. And no matter how small the team is, he can have a performance where he basically doesn't score, even though he gets a lot of chances. So, with a striker like that, if we can use him well, we should see an increase in the goal scoring, at least. And generally, progress all over the field, because... If we are building in the direction we can all be positive about, then uh, coming out of the group stages would, wouldn't be for nothing. Thank you for that, Ernest. And let's end it with yourself, Matthew. How is the Ghana team? Okay. Yeah. Mm, thank you very much. <laughs> I think my concluding remarks first would be to the administrators of our football, for Ghana football. I think next time they should learn so as not to please 
they are friendly matches against teams that it should be progress. You'll be, be, you'll be meeting them. I think it's another. Next time you should choose teams in far away groups or even teams that have similar um, patterns of play but did not qualify. I think that will help the team better in their preparation. The second thing is, I just picked up the net that the coach of the Black Stars will be flying in today. I wish him more the best. She come and come quickly. My third point also is for the playing body. I think over the years, the World Cup has been a platform for people to go and show their talent because it looks like usually after the World Cup, some players get some big deals, some players get to travel, the, especially to the young players in the team, to the uh, Abu Fatah, Shakus, the Kamaldin, Sulemanes, the Mohamed Kuduzes, the play Afinajans, the players under 23 in the team. They should see this opportunity as a God-given one and play their hearts out and do very well. They shouldn't be distracted, be distracted by the monies and other things. They should really play their hearts out because if they do very well, they are the ones who get the chance to go and play for other big teams. They'll be the ones who be getting the hefty and bounty contract. It will benefit them if they go and give a very good account of themselves. Because if they do that, if they give a good account of themselves, the Black Stars will also benefit. So they should try as much as possible to forget all the other distractions and focus solely on their mission, which is to do very, very well. Because I know if they do that, at least Ghana can prove not just a point, but like five points, getting five points in the group. They can do all. That is if they will only put aside everything and focus solely and play. I think, would, because if you look at the likes of Kudus, he doesn't, he wants to do this. This is his opportunity to prove to the world that he's a world-class talent. And I'm sure if he does that, after the World Cup, the general transfer will come. You'll get a very nice team. All the other young players, that's my admonition for them. That's, that would be it for me. I was just looking at our matches and when we are going to play them. Interestingly enough, the last match against Uruguay is going to be on Farmers Day. Every Ghanaian is going to be, yes, it's going to be on Farmers Day. So no one is going to be at work. Everybody is going to have time to watch that match. I'm hoping that with that optimism and that support from home, the, the Ghanaian players in Qatar will feel it. We have games on the 24th. Our first match is on the 24th of November, the Thursday, and then again on the 28th of November. I believe that will be a Friday. No, it's a Monday. Even though it's a Monday, um, I believe maybe a lot of People, as they are working, will have one ear on the radio sets listening to what's going on. I believe the story of Africa always exiting at the group stage is a bit too much and it's gone on for too long. I would like to remain an optimist. Um, Cameroon's um, um, FA chief, um, Samoletto, said Cameroon is going to meet Morocco in the final, actually. And I want to play on that and say, hopefully, if Ghana can somehow nick it and get to the round of 16, where if Cameroon say what they mean and actually also qualify out of that stage, it could be a Cameroon-Ghana round of 16 match. And Cameroon-Ghana would then have it as a Africa grudge match and then beat Cameroon and then Ghana qualifies to the quarterfinal stage. That's, what, that's my hope. So maybe with these permutations that we have already started doing the maths, Ghana can somehow get to the quarterfinal. Together with the technical astuteness of Otto Ado, 
people in the Nigeria match realizing that we were lacking, then changed to a back three. That helped us hold off the Nigerian team. And his um, insights to still revert to the back three against Brazil in the second half means that we have a man who sees when we are going astray and then puts things back in motion. Hopefully he's built up a team spirit and that should be, have been one of the reasons why they brought him back in because he was one of the old coaching staff who understood the team and consequently could help um, pull the team together. With all of this, I'm just hopeful that the, and optimistic that the Black Stars will do Ghana proud. To all our listeners, we are running a Fantasy World Cup, which is direct from the FIFA World Cup um, app. We'll share the link in the show notes. Um, please join and let's see how you fare. The English Premier League Fantasy is taking a break for a while, but you can still have your fantasy um, enjoyments with the FIFA Fantasy World Cup. Thank you all for listening. You can also listen to us on YouTube. We appreciate your feedback. Please, please share your comments. We are out.